Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and I'm excited for this week's show because I'm joined once again by my Swedish co-host, Christina Alexanderson. Christina, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I would ask what you've been up to, but we're actually recording this right after we just did another episode. So... uh, (laughs) I was kind of pretending we hadn't talked just a minute ago on air, so you kind of blow that away. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask, hey, what you've been up to and all that, but uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. This was one of the tangents we went on uh, a month or two ago now. We were talking, I forget which theme it was, maybe diptychs. We were talking and and went on a couple tangents about creativity and and where we spark creativity and stuff. So that's kind of where we want to focus today's discussion is just on creativity and sparking your creativity and and where that comes from and and what kind of drives you as a photographer. So uh, I'm excited to dive into it. I'm not sure where this conversation will go, but I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, Let's start with uh, what is creativity for you? I always kind of stumble on the word because I think it's so huge and I think it kind of promised so much and I think I have to be Lord Byron or someone who makes amazingly great art. What is creativity for you, James? That's a great place to start because... uh as you said, it's, it's kind of different for everybody, right? And and for me, my whole life, I've just had this drive to to create things or to tell stories or to, or to just keep myself busy and, and keep my mind busy and make new things. You know, as a kid, I loved coloring and drawing and, and playing with Legos and action figures and stuff just because I, I really enjoyed just making new things and telling new stories. And, and I remember I used to write little short stories uh, at my grandparents' house. They had a computer and we didn't, you know, so I'd like go over there and write little short stories while we were visiting and stuff. And so I've, I've just always been a creative person. And as I've talked about on the show before, I've bounced back and forth between creative endeavors over the years. And and I guess the creativity is just how I define it is just that burning desire inside of you to do something or to create something or to, or to keep yourself busy or to, to use your hands to, to make art or, or something, you know, just the, it's like a hunger or, or a thirst inside or a voice that's always talking to me and is always nagging at me and, and picking my brain. And, and I, I find that it definitely ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm more creative than other times, but I feel like it's always there, at least in the back of my head, just this little desire to create. And how, how about for you? How, how would you define your own creativity? I can really see myself when you talk when you tell this because I'm just the same. I always have this urge of telling, doing, creating, making stuff. But I have always seen that as part of my imagination. That I'm kind of this person with this huge imagination that really can't separate the ordinary life from what happens in my head and the things that happens in my head I have to bring to the ordinary life. I was a grown-up before I realized that that was what people thought was creativity. I thought that was imagination Mm. and (laughs) creativity was something bigger or something that I really didn't comprehend because it was such a huge word in my world because imagination and fantasy and pretending and singing and creating and knitting and making stuff that's something I've always done and that's that has been part of me all the time I can't see myself living without doing that but that creativity 
has been a word that I have had harder time to actually feel that it's something that connects to me. It's an interesting thing because I feel that drive and I feel that creativity coming through even when I'm not creating things. And, and I think that is that does go into what you're saying about imagination, you know, that I, I am always thinking of these things in my head or considering these things. Or as I've talked about before, anywhere I go out in public, I'm looking around, I'm scanning for things that could be interesting to use in my artwork. Or as I'm online looking at things, I'm looking at other people's artwork and I'm investing my time into creative endeavors and, and basically ingesting all of this this work of other people. So even though my own creativity can ebb and flow and I'm not always actively being creative, I'm always spending time in that imagination and and letting that kind of drive some of my behaviors and stuff like that. Do you find that to be true? Just day to day, you've got that creative urge all the time? Yeah, yeah, especially I have been, I have this broken arm. So I haven't, I usually bring my camera everywhere and I usually don't use it all the time, but, but I always have my camera in case off and for two weeks now I have gone back and forth to work and I haven't had my camera with me so I haven't had the opportunity to to make an image in case off in case if I see an image then I can go and bring my camera and I can do the image and I can snap that moment or and the urge becomes even bigger when I can't create yes. when I am kind of limited because uh, I have a broken arm. I can't carry around a camera bag because my shoulder can't make it. So, so I kind of becomes even more. Oh, I could have taken the image there, and I could have done that. And if I only and <laughs> and, I, and I kind of pretend. And the willingness to create becomes so huge that I just have to get it out of my chest. So. Yesterday, when I came home after work, I had to set up my big camera in the attic and I had to do some self-portraits, even though I know I can't actually sit down behind the desk and take care of it because I can't do the post-production work, not for a, not at my desk at home anyway. So, so they'll be in the camera at least a week from now but I had the earth the urge was so huge to just get it out of me just it's kind of itching all the time <laughs> yeah itch is the perfect word for it I I used to definitely I've I'm the same way where if I can't be creative for whatever reason, the urge just become, it just intensifies. You know, it's like I have a craving for it, especially when I'm deprived of it. I work from home now, which is great. And um, I used to work in a grocery store. I worked in a grocery store for like 10 years. I I always was just creatively frustrated because I was stuck at work all day. And, and, you know, I was doing physical labor basically instead of using my mind for things. And and that just made that creative urge even worse. And I remember I used to walk around with either pieces of cardboard because we would always write on cardboard at a grocery store because you it's easy to throw away and get more. Yeah. Or I would have little notebooks just in my apron at work and I would all day sneak off into little corners where I knew cameras weren't looking and I would write down ideas or draw little sketches of things I wanted to do when I got home. And that urge has definitely continued even since leaving that job. But it's funny how now that, that I work in a place where that creativity can flow a little more freely, I am able to indulge in it more, but definitely remember that feeling of just being so creatively frustrated and and stifled and the urge to just rush home and turn on my camera and start creating work. You know, it's just that itch can definitely just kind of take over your mind, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be 
photography could be other stuff as well mm -hmm. so so yeah i just have the need to create i have to the need to create something i have to do something and i have never seen it as creativity i've seen it as part of my own restlessness mm. more <laughs> more like that than creativity because doing creativity or creative stuff for work is one thing it, or for me it is it's one thing when i do it at work and it's kind of different when I do it for myself. Do you recognize that or is it the same for you? Oh, no, it's definitely different, um, especially now I work you know, from home, but I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. So I'm doing a, I've worked pretty much all day on Photoshop stuff or or I'm making images to post on Facebook or in email campaigns or whatever the case might be. So I'm doing creative work now pretty much every day at my day job. Even still, I, I have that creative itch to, to do toy photography or to to tell stories in some other way, even though I'm using my brain creatively and, and doing a definitely more creative job than I used to, it still doesn't scratch the itch that actually creating my own artwork does. And, and I've talked to people before on the podcast who, who are graphic designers and, and do that kind of stuff and feel that they need to kind of separate the two. Brett Cuppins, who does the amazing X-Wing toy photography he was on the show kind of early on he he's somebody who's like a graphic designer by day and really wanted to simplify what he was doing with his toy photography because he's like well i'm, I'm already in photoshop all day i don't want to spend more time working on those things and then have to also work on them with my toy photography you know and, and i i'm paraphrasing here so i apologize if i'm misquoting him but i i definitely know that for some people they need to make the two uh, very different so that one of them is uh, satisfying you know but for me it's even though I spend all day at work in Photoshop I, I love spending time working on my photos in Photoshop and I find that because I'm learning all of these things at work I can then use them in my toy photography so for me anyway it they kind of just go hand in hand and help each other which is good and you know my toy photography has definitely helped some of the product photography I need to do for work. For me it's a big difference between having someone I'm doing this because there is, it's going to present someone else as well, not only me. It isn't only my work, it is also my employer's work or it's a showcase of whatever have happened on work because I'm, I'm the house photographer at work. So I do a lot of photography work for our, our company. And they don't usually give me this limitations in, in ordering and saying we want these sorts of images because they, they really trust my instinct and my way of looking at the object and trying really seeing what will work and won't work in this setting. Uh, but my creativity actually sparks on on a different setting when I do my own projects. It isn't the same and I don't see my work as so much creativity either. I think it's it's less creative because I have to follow the line. I mm -hmm. have to find the boundaries all the time. I have to be political correct. Uh, I can't take a picture of a... A speaker with his eyes closed even though that is the most interesting image mm. I can't use that right because they will never ever show it because it will show off us as a bad host right yeah they'll say hey this photographer didn't know what she was doing she took a photo of him with his eyes closed yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even though maybe I, I thought it was it, it would work in a 
totally different line and in a in a creativity or creative setting or a project of my own it could be the only images I wanted to mm. actually pick up and use. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, especially um, just the, as you kind of mentioned, the parameters that come with creative work for a job, you know, especially what I'm doing is, is definitely nowhere near as creative as the stuff that I get to do with my toy photography. I'm doing a lot more just like product shots or selling, you know, I work for a coffee company, so selling, you know, or photos of like bags of coffee and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely, I don't get to stretch myself as, as much as I do with my own work or, or push those boundaries or tell stories the same kind of way. It's, it's a, a different process and a, and a different setting that I'm in, you know, so it, even though it is creative, it's, it's nowhere near the same thing. And I don't get to use my imagination in the same way. Yeah, and I think you have to balance that and actually see it as as different ways of using your imagination or your creativity. And I want to be I want to go the, on the other part. I don't want to talk about our work. I want to talk about right, yeah. the, the artist, James. Yeah, work um, is boring. <laughs> work is really boring because it's work. Right. <laughs> the best thing with, with work is that you get paid. Yep. <laughs> it's the only reason I do it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love my work as well. I really love my work. I have learned so much through my work and so much that I can use in different settings and just in work anyway that was my <laughs> my my declaration of love toward towards my work <laughs> you say you you put the finger on something that i think is really important for creativity is the ability to push boundaries how do you do that how do you and when i push boundaries is when i kind of seek a new way to express something or i seek a new way to to find a way of expression for an idea or a picture that I want to express. How do you do that? How do you actually spark that creativity? Can you give me some insights? Can you give me some ideas how I actually can put myself out of the comfort box? Yeah, I, I think it's important to push boundaries and to push yourself and to challenge yourself. I definitely think that, you know, I've been doing toy photography now for five and a half years. And for most of that time, I spent just trying to learn uh, the craft and to figure out my voice and all that stuff. So I feel like I wasn't truly pushing myself until the last like year or so. And in that time, I've created what I think is my best work. And I think that's because I am challenging myself and pushing those boundaries and learning new things. And so for me anyway, that spark of creativity comes partly from trying new things and learning new techniques or or discovering a, a new uh, material that I can use in a photo and then experimenting with that. I really like experimenting and tinkering with things. And it's, it's kind of like a puzzle solving. It's like creative puzzle solving. Because I'll, I'll have photo ideas. I've got lists of photo ideas everywhere. And f I come up with new ideas all the time. And a lot of times I'll, I'll just have the basic idea, but I don't know how to execute it or I don't know the, the best way to do that. And so for me, the fun part of the creativity comes from figuring that puzzle out and figuring out how best to tell the story that I want to tell or, or the joke that I want to tell in a photo or how best to pose a figure or, or something like that. So for me, the creativity really comes from experimentation and pushing my limits and testing out new things. And then once I finally discover a new technique, like 
like, for instance, uh, Steam and and Smoke was something I discovered uh, last year and really started playing around with. And then once I I figured it out and and learned just the very basics of how I could use it in my photography, then I get on this creative wave of really diving into that new technique and taking as many photos with it as I can and trying out new things and, and using Smoke in different settings and with different lighting and in with different, either with Lego or with action figures, you know, just testing out my whatever new technique I found. So for me, it it, it all kind of starts with coming up with the best way to tell an idea. And then from there, once I have figured that out, pushing the limits and testing out how many how many ways can I use that new technique or how many ways can I tell that new story. How does that work? Do you have this list of ideas that you can try with Steam or do you come up with them and just on the minute or how, how does it work? Can you give me more precisely how does the workflow goes? You have this Steam machine that you really want to try out and you get it to work and then what's the next step you have all this lists of idea that you want to use steam or do they come while trying the steam engine or, or <laughs> i want to know more about <laughs> yeah i want to hear more about how the sausage is made <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know coming up with the the recipe is one thing but then exactly you know making it and making enough sausage and making more of it is definitely a whole other um it can definitely change you know it ebbs and flows but i feel like generally when i have a list of ideas it's not necessarily you know shots i want to do a steam or or anything like that it'll just be simple things like uh I'll, i'll pull one up right now i wrote last night actually i just have them all on my phone so i just i just have a thing on here it's got like five exclamation points it just says steampunk and so that is just i saw some steampunk artwork somewhere and was like i've really got to try that out for myself i've never done that before so i'll write that idea down or uh i've got one that just says tire swing farm or something so it's like i was looking at uh you know just some of the pieces i had and and i had a ton of like lego tires and so just looking at those i was like what could i do with with this bin of lego tires and i thought well maybe like a tire swing farm or or a bunch of tire swings or something so that's where like the the original idea will just be something like that something that's just kind of up in the air more of just the the basic idea and i write it down so that i won't forget it and then later what i what i'll do is i i usually don't refer back to the list very often what I'll do is I I notice new techniques or or things I want to try and once I then start doing those then that's when the the creativity sparks and generally what I've been doing lately is spending uh, the weekends focused on my toy photography so usually Saturdays are the day where I just I unplug from social media I unplug from the rest of the world I don't really answer my phone I don't really do much else I I try not to go anywhere run any errands and uh, I, I basically spend that whole day in my studio just testing out the things that I've been thinking about all week or or trying out some of the ideas that I've had and then I will do these big photo sessions where I'll you know especially because when you're using things like steam steamers or fake snow or sand and stuff like that you're you're creating these big messes and so (laughs) usually what I what I try to do is I just try to get as much out of that one mess as I can before I have to clean it up because I don't want to have to set up the same setup again and again and again. So so with the steam, for instance, I had to bring the steamer out and fill it with water and, and I had to have a, a section on my table where I could do that. And so what I'll do is either spend 
that one day taking as many steam photos as I can or I'll, I'll leave my setup up for a week and just come back to it. So usually it's it's in those little creative bursts where I'll just I'll, I'll start working on one idea and and figuring out the steam and then as I'm taking the photo then I then that's usually when I come up with new ideas or new things I want to try because as I'm experimenting I, I usually take at least dozens of shots of, of one simple setup and so as I'm actively taking the photos for one setup that's giving me ideas for new setups that I can try or or new stories that I can tell using the things that I'm that I'm testing. So usually it, it just kind of snowballs, I guess, where I'll start on one idea and then if I'm really in a good creative zone, that idea can spiral into a bunch of other ideas. Uh, how, how about for you? How does how does that work with, with you and your process? Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish I could say that I had the same. I don't I, I think I'm so boring when I listen to you. <laughs> I, I, would, I would disagree because I'm sure your process is, is fascinating for, for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I work in projects. I work in kind of long, I usually work in longer projects. I have to have inspiration. My inspiration is builds up on light. <laughs> if the light is right, then I have an urge <laughs> to do, do some sort of photography. So it's, I tend to limit myself. I'm not the one working with steam. <laughs> I wish I wish I were, but I'm not. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of limited. I I love working with light, and I love knowing where the light will work. So I usually when I spark when the the idea sparks or the the urge to do photography, then I usually sit in in at the kitchen table, and I look at the toys, and I kind of work with them with my hands. I feel them. I kind of pose them. Sometimes I have seen stuff in my ordinary life because I usually recreate my ordinary life through my toys. I can have seen a child carrying around a, a balloon uh, and then I want to do that image or I have seen I have my husband we, when the children were smaller we always walked down to the kindergarten and they always left me behind so they were right down the street and I came behind and I always when I saw that I thought that's a good image and I kind of clicked it in my head and then in the afternoon when the light was right, I went out and I did it with my toys. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so my, a lot of my toy photography is recreating images that I haven't had the opportunity to take. Um, things that I thought, oh, this is an image that I would love to have taken. I can recreate it with the toys. And that's why I'm kind of limited in my use of toys as well, because I don't have to have a lot of toys because <laughs> it doesn't really matter because I'm recreating different scenes or different stories that I've seen. I've, when sometimes I, the light sparks the, the urge, the, the, the will, willingness to actually create something. So I go out. I know that the light will be amazing. I could take an example. In October, we have this uh, maple tree that all the leaves becomes really first yellow, then red. And it's really a good background. It's amazingly good background for, for toy photography. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it before. And I know that it is 
in October and I know where the, the fence, I know where to work on the fence and I know where the sun should be and what time I should be on the spot. And and this fall I went out and I hadn't, I hadn't done the preparation in forehand and I kind of, I really thought I want to do an image with this amazingly autumnly coloured backdrop. Hmm. So in my bag was uh, Shelley's robot and I had this small figure and I kind of set them up and kind of played with the small medallion or you get that when you, the sumo, sumo wrestler have the, the that uh, small figure and I put them together and kind of played with them towards the background and kind of played around t- until I got the image where I got the the idea and I really saw myself doing this image of um, Goliath and David and the robot really offensive and you know <laughs> and, and it ended up with a six image uh, narrative on on the blog the idea started actually with me working around that scene hmm. on that in that back and it ended up in, in one of the six image narratives so so the creative process can be really i can do all the for the work in in forehand or i can have the idea and i set it up in the kitchen and then i go out because i don't use ticks that's why my toys look awful because i don't uh, i don't have any bags for them i always put them in my my pockets <laughs> i don't really really care about that because it is a way to remember stuff. I have this. I have one idea of recreating my own, um, my own um, photo album from my from my childhood with toys. Oh, um, but I haven't gotten around to that one because I haven't borrowed my my old photo album from my parents. But <laughs> but I have this idea that I could do that because that's what snapping images in my head sparks my creativity actually. I love that. And I, and I think it's interesting. I hadn't really considered that our creative approach would be different because of where we take our photos and the way we take our photos. I've always kind of been frustrated by shooting outdoors just because it's hard for me to plan ahead for those photo sessions and to, to have a fully formed story in my head and then pack for it and leave the house and, and go take it somewhere. You know, I, I definitely thrive on the experimentation phase where I, I'll start with a simple idea inside and then just as I'm working on a photo, it'll spiral into many photos or a better photo or whatever the case may be. It's hard for me to kind of plan for that and to go outside and, and to do those things because then once I'm outside, I don't have any of the tools that I that I would have inside or the toys that I, that I might be able to turn to as a new idea strikes. You know, the worst thing is when I'm shooting outdoors and then I have an idea, but I didn't bring the figure with me or I, I didn't bring the toys with me or the right tools to accomplish it or the right lens for my camera, for instance. So I think that's interesting that our approach as far as like shooting in or outdoor might change our creativity as well. Yeah, in one context, but but I'm I'm kind of limiting always, and that as I said in another episode of the podcast, I'm ki- I'm kind of living a messy life, <laughs> so I don't want my photography to be so messy. Uh, it's a big burden for me that all my toys are kind of scratchy and kind of dirty, and I can't really keep them clean because that is me hmm. but I 
would love to be James. I would love <laughs> to be the perfect, always having perfect toys, always having amazing light and perfect light, always getting off the dust. But because I want to pretend I'm not this messy person, but I can't get that off my plate, even though I try to limit all the possibilities of that my mess should show in my images. That's interesting. I never really considered it being like a, a messy versus clean thing, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I'm kind of a, a more, um, I'm, I'm not very much of a messy person at all. So, so you know, it's like my wife and I are, are super organized and our apartment's got a lot of like white furniture and stuff, you know. And then in my office, it's always just chaos. And maybe that's that's me acting out in some way or something, you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm introducing chaos into my life in, in this kind of way, um, even though the the images, the final product, I really do try to then clean it up, you know? So it's like I create these big messes as I'm taking photos, but then the photos themselves, I want to be really pristine and clean and fit that that clean aesthetic that I go for in my day-to-day life. Um, I'd never really thought of it in that way before. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm trying to be the clean one. <laughs> <laughs> And your images are clean in, in other ways, you know, just the, the lighting, especially that you have, it's, it's just always like this pristine, beautiful light coming in. Not not always, but a lot of the time, you know, and, and so I, I think it's, yes, your figures might be scratched up and stuff like that, but maybe your setups or, or the aesthetic for your photos isn't as messy as you might think. Yeah, no, no, I know that. I know that. I am, I'm, that's why I have those clean backgrounds, why I don't have the mess in the background, because then I can pretend that I'm all this minimalistic, (laughs) (laughs) all this. I want to be able to create the reality that I don't have in my own reality, at least in my images. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that it's really interesting that in a way we're kind of projecting um, these things that we, that we want in our lives or, or the aesthetics that we would like or something and recreating those in our photos because that's that's the only way that we can attain those things or the easiest way we can or the way that we can control them, I guess. Part of why I think I love shooting indoors is because I have control over over every aspect, whereas in my life I don't have control over a lot of aspects, you know. <laughs> so so it's kind of me um, rebelling against, you know, my day-to-day life by uh, recreating the the kinds of things I, I do want or the way I would like to have them through my photos and, and maybe maybe you're doing the same thing. I always say that limitation is the biggest part of my creativity, that the lack of choices is important for me to be creative creative yeah do you agree on that because when I listen to you and hear your way of working it kind of feels like you need a lot of choices to put exactly the right figure in front of your lens um, I, th- I think it's a scale, probably. Um, I definitely 100% agree that limitations enhance your creativity and, and and force you to think outside of the box. You know, it makes me think a uh, perfect example is like George Lucas and Star Wars. You know, the, the first Star Wars, he, he was so limited by by the budget and, and their locations and all those kinds of things. And it, he had to think creatively on how to solve all those problems and to create the characters that he wanted to, to make and had to create these little models and stuff like that in order to create the world that he was trying to make. And then once he had the prequels, those limitations were completely gone. You know, it's like he had these big blue 
screen stages where he could create anything he wanted and he had all the money in the world and i i know those movies have their fans but you know i would say those movies are nowhere nearly as creatively effective or successful as the original star wars a big part of that is because of the limitations and the fact that once those were gone he wasn't challenged you know in order and not trying to take away any of the great creative things that did come from those those movies and, and the new technologies he created and stuff like that but i think the creative limitations there were present for the original films were not present for the newer films and that definitely stifled them and so I think that's true for my own work as well where yes I I do strive to pick the right figures for things or have enough choices for landscapes or, or setups or atmosphere enhancing things or lighting or anything like that I like to have some of those things available but I am always limited by the things that I do have and the budget that I might have you know I've always operating on a zero budget you know so so coming up with creative ways to get around that and and part of what I love about toy photography is the inherent limitations that come with toy photography that you're working on such a smaller scale you know all of the limitations that come with it those are fun to figure out and to work around and and to try to create great images using the limitations that come with toy photography. So I think that limitations are one of those things that definitely can help your creativity. And I think for me helps feed my creativity because I'm doing that problem solving that I talked about earlier. What about for you? Yeah, I think I think that's true for everybody. I I think I think George Lucas or Westworld is <laughs> my, my my second one. The season one is so much better than season two when they got so much money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of money for the first season as well. I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> or I think of like uh, I think of like Peter Jackson and the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the original Lord yeah. of the Rings trilogy had all of these yeah. limitations, and he had to find ways to create this world you know in camera and and with what he had and then when the hobbit movies came around all of those a lot of those limitations went away and his budget increased so much and he filmed in front of so many green screens and those movies just aren't as special because he didn't have to creatively make them happen in the, in the same way yeah and i think you somewhere in that lack of limitation you kind of lose yourself or your create or your the artist kind of blends into the techniques and and that is a big it's a big uh, question to uh, encounter or to think about how do i actually make that image work even though i have so much limitations that's part of the fun for me at least is is that problem solving that comes with that like okay well i've got you know these items or these toys how can i create the thing that i want using only what i have and and i think that's what inspires me to then think outside of the box and and to use the toys and tools that i have in a new way that i haven't before because i want to push push myself and and push the limits of whatever materials i might be working with is there something that makes you don't want to do creative stuff is there something that really puts you off that you know if that happens it won't work i won't it won't be able to actually go through with this 
even though I had the idea. Is there something like that? Yeah, it can definitely happen. I don't know if I've ever like totally abandoned ideas or or anything, but um, there have definitely been times where I've I've walked away frustrated from a shoot or something, or or the idea that I had isn't as good as I thought once I get it on paper, you know, or, or once I get it in front of my lens. And so I think if you're like really excited to to start a creative project and to work on it, and then once you start working on it and it's just frustrating and it's not working, that can be really discouraging for for me anyway. What do you do? Do you walk away or do you think, oh, I'm going to be stubborn here and really <laughs> do this anyway? I know this idea is so good. I will do it anyway. Um, sometimes I'll be stubborn and, and really try, you know, and to, and to rework the idea or to rework the angles or something. And then if I'm still just frustrated, then I'll just kind of give up on it or, or push it aside. I've got this uh, little dish on my desk, actually, that has, it's just like a bowl and it's got all these different... Um, minifigures kind of broken up into pieces <laughs> in the bowl and that's kind of like my ideas bowl where that's like if I have a quick idea that I want to get out or or a character I'm creating or something and it's not quite working I'll just throw it into the dish so that later I can dig through it and find those things again and then maybe if I reapproach the idea at a different time maybe it'll be more successful so I usually don't totally abandon ideas but I will if something isn't working or if it's just frustrating me I will just stop trying for now and and put it aside and come back to it because sometimes that's the best thing you can do is go take a break or, or sleep on it and come back to it and come refreshed or I will just set it aside and take new photos and then as I'm working on those new photos I'll then get another idea on how to accomplish the first idea I had so if I am frustrated I'll, I'll usually just kind of push things aside and then come back to them what about for you I usually don't give up I usually try and I try and I try especially if I know that I'm able to do this but there are ideas or settings that I would love to have been able to do that I even talked to friends of mine and asked, how do I do this? Hmm. And when they kind of have no idea, <laughs> <laughs> then, I, I, then, then I put it on the shelf and really thought, uh, that's over my knowledge. I can't do that. Hmm. Uh, but but, but, but I, I'm curious because... I would say I have four motives in my toy photography. I come back to the same figures all the time. Mm. And I'm always so fascinated with all the toy photographers that use different figures. They remake them. They make special ones. And you are one of those because I know doing these podcasts with you that you kind of remake and kind of put figures together to the to become new figures that will work in a special setting and I always think that is I think that's so amazing and I'm so fascinated with that part of creativity because for me I don't know why I don't have the urge to go to do photography with other figures or I I can do one image and then I think no this isn't no, no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so I want to know more about that. How, is that part of your creativity to actually have new subjects in front of your lens? Uh, partly. I think having you know new toys to photograph or, or new characters, usually that's what it comes down to is having the character that I want. Um, so like with Star Wars, for instance, you know, they're releasing new figures all the time, either Lego figures or action figures, and I'll see a movie and love a new character and then want to photograph that character, um, because I either love the character or love the design or, or whatever. And so that's partly where that stems from is just wanting to play in the sandbox with all these different characters that I like. And then, you know, if I am creating something new, I, I wish I was as good as as some of the people that will make like custom creations, you know, or really call it like kit bashing and, and mixing and matching action figures or, or Lego parts and stuff like that and really making something totally new out of out of materials. I'm not quite like that. I'll just kind of take a character and if it's an action figure, like give them a new accessory or something like that to add to the story or one of my favorite things about Lego is that you can mix and match parts and create new things and new characters. And so I, I do like creating new uh, minifigures, especially, and, and mixing and matching setups. Like I just created this, uh, I, I took like the Benny minifigure and took his head off and put a, scale, a skull face on there instead to see how it looked. And I really liked that idea. And then I expanded on that and turned him into a pirate. So now he's like this undead space pirate. And then I, I have a couple other Benny minifigs. So I did the same thing. I put skulls on them too. So now I've got this cool little pirate space crew, you know, and, and that was really fun to just, I was just kind of playing around and then that spiraled into some other ideas and a new series that I really want to try out. So I think for me, it just comes with playing around with either the iconography of characters that I, that I like or subverting characters that I like or or just testing out new things and, and seeing what happens. I love Oh, I, I feel so not creative. <laughs> creative. When you talk like that, I realize I'm so <laughs> not the person to See, be but, but creative. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <yeah. laughs> I'm doing the same figure over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> See, what I love about what, you, what you're doing, though, is that you might be using the same subjects, but you're, what what is different about what you're doing is that you're not like when you use a stormtrooper in your shot, I feel like you're not using them in the context of this is a stormtrooper going through this story. Where for me, it's very much like this is supposed to be set in the Star Wars universe. He's a stormtrooper, obviously. And then we go from there. Whereas for you, I feel like you're transforming these characters and using the iconography of these characters to tell different stories. And that's something I've learned about your work as we've talked more and more on this podcast is that you'll, you know, it's like, yes, you, you, do a bunch of Leia photos, but it's not necessarily so that you can tell Star Wars stories with Princess Leia. It's because you're playing around with the iconography of Princess Leia and the fairy tale aspects and then using just using that figure as a vehicle to tell this new story. So, so I, I have actually always kind of been envious of people like you who can do that. <laughs> who can take this take this character that I just recognize as the character and transform them into a different idea or use what I know about them to to tell something different and, and what you're doing is is different you know and and something that like I said I've always kind of been envious of yeah but for me I wish I were creative 
in the sense that you are, because I think that's so fascinating. You're kind of exploring. I'm kind of digging deeper and deeper in my hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that you dig deep into yourself, and that's something that I don't usually do with my photos, or at least I don't think I'm doing it, or I'm not doing it consciously. It's not until we're talking on the podcast that I really have to like sit down and think about what I'm trying to say in my images, or why I picked a certain figure to tell this story or something. I, I had never really thought of it in those terms. So I, I think it's funny that you and I are both looking at the other's work and saying, oh, I wish I had done that. It's like the grass is always greener on the other side. Right? <laughs> yeah, I wish I were more creative <laughs> like <laughs> James. <laughs> My creativity is only trying to see if I can find the balance between the puddle and the layer figure and <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, and, and when I do stories like those, I usually work with a kind of a brainstorming phase where I kind of try to find everything I know about this figure or everything I wanted to be part of and hmm. then I use that to try to express that through my images. <laughs> I love that. I think that's interesting. For me it's usually like okay, I don't just want to take a shot of a stormtrooper, but if he's holding an ice cream cone, maybe that that's a story, you know. It's I, I feel like I'm adding things to the to the characters whereas you are kind of stripping them down to their essence yeah yeah it's it's a very (laughs) different approach yeah that's that's really (laughs) that's the difference (laughs) i'm always trying to take everything away (laughs) trying to get to the the core of the essence of this yeah yeah which i love I, i wish i did more of that myself yeah, you do. You do more of it than you pretend. <laughs> <laughs> or than I realize, at least. Yeah. I have an, another... I would love to to get your insights on, on a grayscale of your photography. We have talked about uh, the, 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 the private projects, but you do some setup. You do some set photography. When you do those... How do you spark your creativity towards those? Yeah, like when I'm doing the uh, like shoots for Lego or, or a review or something like that. Yeah. Those I find really difficult, actually. Uh, it, it's, it's like I'll get really excited about whatever set I, I'm going to be given or, or I'm going to review or, or I buy something for the specific purpose, you know, and... Um, I it's hard for me to come up with ideas once I actually have the the set or the figure in hand because and with the intention of taking shots for for a project or as product photography or in the creative brief that I've been given um it's it's really hard for me to then figure out a way to tell the story I want to tell using that it's it's hard for me to come up with new ideas I guess um like I'm sure it'll be out by the time this comes out but I i just did the Steamboat Willie set, which we're probably going to do a podcast on, actually. It, it was a set that I never really considered buying, but then once I had it, I, I loved it, and I, I loved building it, and then once it was built, I, I had some ideas for, for what to do for my photos, but for the amount of photos that I needed to take, it was I didn't have enough ideas, you know, and then I kind of put it off until almost about at the deadline. It wasn't until, like, the weekend of the deadline that I really finally sat down and dove into taking the shots, and I, I find that when I'm doing a, a product shoot, it, it's harder for me to, for the ideas to snowball, because I'm always, I've always got that creative brief in the back of my mind and I and I'm always I'm not just thinking of it in terms of my own creativity and the stories that I want to tell but the intent 
of why I'm taking these images and how they're going to be used. And I obviously want to take images that the company is going to like and that the audience is going to respond to. So it's, it's interesting because I'm not just taking the photos for myself anymore. I'm taking them with the audience in mind more so than, than I usually am. And I'm taking them for another company and for somebody else. And so having those limitations is, I enjoy it and, and I enjoy doing things like that, but it is a very different creative process and one that I'm getting used to because I haven't been doing this for very long. How do you tackle those obstacles? Because it sounds like it's difficult. How do you get around it? Have you found a way? Or are you still searching? Honestly, every time we get we I do this, I, I just feel like I got lucky, you know, <laughs> or, or it's there's a great line in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that I really like where, um, you know, there's some something happening and uh, uh miles morales tells peter parker that the, that the world is going to end and peter kind of is like yeah 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 whatever and he says something along the lines of you know the world's always going to end but there's always that period of time between the world ending and me saving the day and that's when i do my best work it's, it's within that that window and i feel like for me creatively on those kind of projects it's it for some reason it is when it's crunch time and i'm and i'm on a deadline for some reason that pressure kind of helps me get through it and pushes me to to continue working i feel like if i i i'm kind of a procrastinator by nature yeah everybody is <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm i'm really bad about it so if i say oh this isn't due until april 1st and it's only march 1st i've got a month i'll just kind of put it off thinking i've got all the time in the world to work on it and then the week before the project is due i realize oh my god April 1st is tomorrow, I, I, or, you know, April 1st is coming up, I've really got to work on this thing. And then, and it's kind of stressful, but there's something, for some reason, that, that stress is a driving force for me, and can help me, I guess it's partly because I have no choice, you know, it's like I either am going to buckle down and work on this and try to get it done and do the best that I can, or I'm going to, you know, not make the deadline or, or let somebody down or whatever the case might be. So for some reason, that pressure kind of helps me focus in a little bit more. And then as far as coming up with great ideas, sometimes I don't, you know, it's I feel like the uh, Voltron shoot last year was something that I had a really hard time coming up with ideas that I, I really, really like. And, and I'm happy with the shots that I eventually did turn in. But looking back, I feel like I could have done a better job. And maybe it was because of some of those limitations that I, I didn't do as as well as I could have or maybe it was because I procrastinated and you don't go back and do a, a second try for yourself just to actually see what you could do today uh sometimes the Voltron set I, I've never photographed again actually um but like the Steamboat Willie set I'm sure I will photograph again just because it's such a great little set and um sometimes I'll go back but Generally, it's kind of once the project is, is done, I, I, I've kind of got it out of my system and I'll move on to the next thing and the next idea. So yeah, I, ho I hope that answers your question. I know it was kind of lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to sum this up, uh, what sparks our creativity is limitations, like everybody else says. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's time pressure, <laughs> getting a deadline actually sparks the creativity or the urge to actually take the project for real mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 even though the project is your own deadlines is good because then you actually have to work on it okay i think that's a good one and i would say that creativity also for me it is somewhere in 
the subjects and in the limitations of the subjects. And I would say your creativity also is in building or creating or doing new stuff, trying new stuff. That is mm-hmm. also part of creativity. No, I think that's a that does a great job of summing it up. And and I, I just love that you and I have such, we, we both have that creative itch and that creative urge, but we approach it in different ways. And because of our different shooting styles, that creative urge manifests in different ways. I, I just think that's fascinating. Something I wouldn't have really thought about is how those factors really differentiate, even though the, the I feel like that core creative drive is, is probably the same for us. I think it's the same. And I think we have the same urge to control. I want to be in control of the subject. I want to be in control of the setting. I want to be in control of the... Like you, where my studio, even though I'm outdoor, I want to know. I have a difficult time to do images when I'm on the toy safari. Then I usually just go around and look at everybody else <laughs> because it won't end up with so much work for me. Yeah, I I had a hard time at the toy safaris as well, just partly because of my inexperience with shooting outdoors and, you know, having to relearn those things, because pretty much the only times I've really shot outdoors is at those toy safaris. I I usually spend most of my time either in my studio or right outside on my patio, you know. It's interesting to me that that you and I have kind of had that similar experience at safaris, that that it's kind of tougher for us to, to really fully embrace our own creativity or fully let it flow as much as it does in, in our own settings. And maybe it's just because it is in a different environment and we're surrounded by other people and there's all the all the new pressures that come with something like that. Yeah, maybe some of the creativity lies in within myself. I want to be with myself, in myself, in my own head when I do my photography. Yeah, that's that's what I love about my like Saturdays that I've devoted to toy photography. It's like my wife and I kind of have an understanding that like, hey, if you get lonely, just let me know, uh, and and I'll happily like drop what I'm doing and we can hang out or go see a movie or whatever. But other than that, like we, it's it's like if if you don't let me know that that you're lonely, I'll just be in my own head in my own space and I'll do my own thing. And and for me, that's where I do my best work is when I can really just focus in on myself and and let everything else fade away. And I think that's a huge part. Of why I like shooting indoors is because I it is just so solitary for me and I can kind of just you know I'm in, I'm in my little fortress of solitude just doing my own thing and and that's where I, f- I feel the most free creatively and, and the most myself and and where I do my best work yeah I think that's the biggest part of actually getting the creativity to be part of my work yeah I agree I totally agree (laughs) I think we nailed it there (laughs) yeah I think so and this was such a a cool conversation I wasn't sure um, you had all these notes but I I wasn't sure where we were going to go with this but it's really interesting to actually dive in and talk about some of these things because as a creative person I don't I don't spend much time thinking about my creativity I just engage with it I'm not examining it at all It's so interesting to hear someone else talk about how they actually come about doing their work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of being a fly on the wall (laughs) for a small second. (laughs) So thank you for sharing. Yeah, well, thank you for for facilitating this conversation and and making me think about some of these things. Uh, It's it's interesting. It's stuff I haven't really thought about or, or attempted to put into words uh, so to hear a question about it it's like oh I, I don't know you know but this was really great so thank you so much and and I'm really interested to hear our listeners thoughts as well um, how you guys find your creativity and how 
your creativity sparks and, and where you feel the most creative and, and, and how you tell your stories. I would, I would love to hear people's thoughts if they want to comment on the blog post on this episode at toyphotographers.com uh, and continue the conversation with us there. Yeah, you're really welcome to come with uh, nice comments. I only want people to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the internet, but yeah, our community is, is so great that it, I don't see that being a problem. And I, I'm so interested to hear other people's experiences. Yeah, I want to hear everybody's experience. I want to know everything about your limitations, about how if you have this urge to be in your own head, to be creative, like me, James. <laughs> yeah, or do you thrive around other people? I know that there are people like that too, the, the extroverts of the world. I'm not one of you, but, but I know you're out there and I would love to hear your, your thoughts as well. Maybe you thrive on safaris. Yeah, those people. Please share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's maybe something we can do for a future episode is get one of those people on as well and talk to them about their process because that would be another fascinating conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear that because I would love to be one of those that really kind of just sparks in that m m setting of chaos because for me it is chaos because I don't know. That, I, I, yeah everything is so new and all the people is new and everybody yeah yeah i know that people are like, like that i'm so impressed with those so please <laughs> find one of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> will do so yeah thank you again christina this was such a great conversation and i'm excited to, to continue it over on the blog but uh until next time thank you for being here and for joining me and uh we'll be back for our theme episode i think will be next this will probably air before the break i take in may that means you guys probably still have time to recreate one of your own shots that you've taken, maybe your favorite shot that you've taken, and submit it for next month's podcast episode. Please do. Please submit. And thank you, James, for letting me be here. And I'm so honored to be part of your podcast. Thank you. No problem. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm glad that we're doing more episodes like this. This was really fun. And if people enjoy them, uh, you know, comment on what kind of topics you'd like to have us discuss, because these I, I love doing these kinds of things. So if, if there's something that people want us to talk about or want us to explore, I would love to hear that as well. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore toy photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.